Andrew. What's up, dog? Um, I know that you delight in my various misfortunes. Oh, did you fall? Uh, <laughs> uh, I didn't fall. Oh, okay. But okay. Um, there is a place in Fresno that will buy records and buy movies and, and CDs and things. Um, and due to an upcoming delightful thing that is happening. Uh, Going to the granddaddy. Extra, yeah, need some extra cash. You know? <laughs> cash. Uh, so I was like, okay, I don't need these records. Uh, I don't need these movies. Uh, we're trying to move in the near future, and like, then that's less stuff I got to move. Yeah. Uh, and all that stuff exists on the internet. You know, I can rent Predator for three bucks. I don't need the hard copy of Predator anymore. Bo- boxed up all the stuff. Boxed up the movies. A little bit iffy about the box. But I was like... <laughs> Man. But I, was, uh, I was like, oh, it'll be fine. Yeah. I only, I only have to carry it from here to here. You're playing the devil's game. And you're dusty, though. <laughs> right. That's the thing. Did you take? Did you put that into the equation that you're I didn't. I didn't. I forgot a key part of the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the equation. Yeah. Uh, right. And I mean right as... I started to drive to this place. Yeah. The biblical rain <laughs> that we have been oh, yeah. in California <laughs> started back up after a beautiful day of yeah. no rain. I'm like, okay, still not a problem. Shout out to Brian, still, Blind Melon. No rain. Yeah, still great. <laughs> I get to the uh, Mad Monk is the name of it. It's like a vintage store slash CD record store, right? I get there. I have the box. I have not. The only thing, the other part of the equation that I forgot is that I need to be holding the box and also shut the trunk to my hatchback car. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was not able to do both of those things. <laughs> and a litany of movies. Every movie in the box. Box ripped up the side. Every movie in the box fell onto the, fell onto the parking lot floor. <laughs> Where it is now raining. And I have no box. But luckily, because California charges you 10 cents for your bags at the grocery store, I have a lot of grocery bags. Oh, okay, yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm now putting grocery bags full of movies uh, back into my car so that I could just, you know, so I have them. I'm talking eight grocery bags full of movies probably. And then I have to bring him into the guy that I'm trying to trade him to and be like, sorry about all the water. The box I had was not sustainable. <laughs> I had a box. Initially. I, reached, I reached critical box. <laughs> yeah, the, the critical mass on the box. Uh, and I, you know, I texted Sarah and I was like, it's okay because if it weren't me, if I remove myself, yeah. 10,000 foot view, this is very funny. It is, like, <laughs> it is very funny. Because I was trying to negotiate. I'm like trying to negotiate with the box when I realized that the bottom of the box is starting to, to come undone. Come on, man. Don't do it to me. I only need 30 feet worth of box integrity. Uh, only way it could have been funnier is if I made it in the store and then in front of a bunch of customers it just bursts at the seams. I was hoping when you said the moment you were going to say the moment I opened the door to the store, the yeah. box just fell it completely just... apart. And you like uh, fell on the on the movies and shit. Yeah. And my hubris was like, I don't need packing tape yeah. for this. Uh, even though the things in this box weigh more than the box. 
it was uh, it was a a Murtaugh box. It was it was too old for this shit. Yeah, it was a, a hubris of man situation. You, so. you know, I can't. Okay, so this is this might actually sustain me for the rest of my life. I need to get rich enough, and technology needs to catch up enough to where I can pay for a little tiny drone. Just a little like bug, a little bit bigger than a bug, because I want you to notice it. Sure. Drone to fly and follow you around at like just past arm's reach, right? At all times, and you just <laughs> yeah. know that I'm just waiting for you to fall or something. for something to happen. Yeah, yeah. And then I pay somebody to give me reports on the footage. <laughs> right. If you're, you know, if you, you go, there, there'll be certain bounds. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. I'm not gonna sure. follow you in the bathroom. It's not gonna follow you in the bedroom while you're sleeping. Yeah. It'll mostly leave you alone. Right. Yeah. Only occasionally. That's sort of, that's like my plan. I have a, I always told, uh, my, my best friend, uh, that if I ever got rich enough, I would hire him, um, to hang out with me all day, but I'd just be mean to him all the time. Yeah. And force him, like force him to run my errands for me and stuff, but I would hire him and I'd pay him just enough money to where he couldn't quit the job. <laughs> Yeah, because it it was it had made his family too financially stable. And and like, the 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 perk the perk of my thing because there will be some niceness, the yeah. the niceties the the perk of the drone will be its constant security. I've I've informed the drone that if you're ever in trouble or if you ever like need an ambulance because you fell too hard, still right. save the footage. But <laughs> sure, if I but, had a cardiac event. You yeah. want it, you want me alive so you can make so you can show me the footage. I'll the ask the drone. Yeah, did he die funny? Is this yeah. worth watching? You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> yeah. So, that, oh man, I was, that is very funny. Did you get yeah. money? For, did he pay you for these things? Yeah, I mean, they just had a little bit of water on them. Water didn't get like in or anything like no, that. No, no, that's no. good. That's good. Uh, I don't want them to be destroyed. My, <laughs> he said my discs were in immaculate shape uh, because I take care of my. <laughs> You're like my, hell yeah! As soon as he said it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they're still only worth. I think I traded in. I don't know, a ton of movies for 30 bucks. And I was like, well, there you go. That's what it's worth. It's, <laughs> not, your, that's it's not your problem anymore. And it's, yeah, I, I, I get the idea because it's like, I would pay $3 every time I want to watch Predator rather than have to store the Predator DVD and find the Predator DVD and have yeah. a DVD player at the ready and all these things. Like, how, how many times are you going to watch Predator? You know? Right. Yeah. I, once a year. If I pay the four bucks, that's four bucks well spent. You know. You think you think you watch Predator once a year? Uh, I don't know. If I got an inkling, yeah. it's mostly you know like I try to watch stuff that I've never seen, or go to the movie theater and use my movie pass thing for that. But it's like, well, if Sarah's never seen it, or like at some point, you know, if like somebody yeah. I know hasn't seen it, then like yeah, I'll pay three bucks for the Predator. You yeah, watch for the podcast. Uh, yeah, like it's good for the you know it's good for the whole family. The old predator. Yeah. Um, well, I'm. Thank you for sharing that with me. The tornado yeah. did not reach your house yesterday. No, uh, we. So I was the whole I weekend. We were gonna, I was hoping we were out of a Flanders situation where your whole neighborhood's fine, just your house <laughs> just gets fucked. Well, like the whole weekend in Fresno, it didn't really rain that hard. I know in the like further south, it, it was like bombarding people. Um, yeah, my golf and, course is gone. <laughs> yeah, the bridge for over Rocky Hill where I used to go running yeah. is like washed out, completely washed out. <laughs> yeah. Like it's crazy. Uh and the 
uh, go trying to go to Woodlake where I go play drums for the church, all the roads to Woodlake are closed. And so I had to like find some crazy back roads way to get into Woodlake. Well, I, I had a weird owl. Why does this always happen to me situation? Uh, uh-huh. I was watching the players championship, which is maybe the sixth most important golf tournament of the year. Sure. Uh, and, uh, they the 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 leader thankfully he was up by like a million but he was on the 17th hole and freaking who do i see on my tv freaking aj fox the meteorologist <laughs> for uh, the local yeah. news channel and he's he's like he's like out of breath in his collared shirt like you could tell they they called him from his freaking he had sunday brunch going on or something yeah. like that and he's like well you know apparently there's a freaking tornado and i gotta be on call you know so uh yeah, there's a tornado warning for Fresno County, and sorry, but I was like, do I know anybody in Fresno? Nah. <laughs> you live in Fresno. If it said right. Exeter, I would have I called you and been wrong, but um, they were like, expect hail, expect car damage from hail, uh, <laughs> go somewhere without windows, like, uh, we, don't, we, don't, we don't do natural disasters around here, even though recently we've had a lot of natural disasters around here. Yeah, we mostly are like earthquake worried. You yeah, know? maybe like the MAGA people are... were 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 right. The God hates <laughs> California. Yeah, we've we've done a lot, uh, you know, recently with uh, with trying to give rights to people, etc. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Reparations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I just uh, sidebar. Uh, speaking of ca- people hating California, uh, Bill Hicks hated California. He's a Texas guy. And he is interesting. He's a, he's a super liberal, but he hated California. And yeah. uh, he just didn't like the fake, like Hollywood aspect of it. And he always talked about Arizona Bay, California falling into the, the thing. Anyway, I found out a couple days ago, I'm older than Bill Hicks was when he died. Oh, wow. Mm, that was hard, man. That, yeah. was, that was really hard. For those of you out there who don't know who Bill Hicks is, he's a stand up comedian. He was more of a, he ended up being kind of a philosopher, kind of preachy, but uh, in his own cute bill hicks way he's widely regarded as one of the best stand-up comics of all time he was like a really formative person to listen to when i was a kid and uh, he died of cancer at 32 years old if you listen to dennis leary's stand-up imagine someone better doing that a much better Uh, version of that um but anyway so yeah dusty uh uh didn't fall damn it but dropped a bunch of dvds which was hilarious yeah well Um, then i had to scramble and pick them up which was even more yeah i bet that was the the panic the the moment of panic where you have to figure out how what what am i going to do here um and then the biblical flood came and like i said my golf course is gone bro like i don't (laughs) i don't know if i don't know if river island's ever going to be back uh which really sucks so uh gave me my first job I've probably yeah. played there a couple hundred times. Uh, it's like a sanctuary for me. Like the, one of the last times I was there, I was on the putting green and I was looking up, just going, thinking about how lucky I am to have a place like this and that I'm going to have a place like this. Wrong. Uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the multiple bridges are gone. Uh, a, a river just straight up eroded the whole fairway. There's like a ridge in the fairway, like three feet deep. There's like six greens that are completely gone. Like Ed's probably going to go bankrupt, which really sucks. But sunny California, you know what I mean? 
Right. Give, give yeah, it, uh, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. <laughs> a River Island gave you the first opportunity for you to slack off at a job. Yeah, I was, <laughs> was a terrible employee at River yeah, Island. I got fired from that job, and I deserved the hell out of it. Uh, yeah. uh, the first time I... I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast. My first day of work ever. I was 18 years old. I was a shithead. And uh, <laughs> we, we had to pick the range by hand, which uh, there's never been... I've never met somebody who worked at a golf course with a range as big as River Island's driving range who had to pick every ball up individually by hand with these little, like, tube things. Yeah, Like, tubes. gunk, 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 <laughs> picking up every ball as it goes through. Yeah. And uh, and uh, so we, I had to pick the range first day. Then I, you have to clean the balls. So you have to pour them into this ball washer machine. And uh, I really didn't want to do that. I wanted to leave. <laughs> I wanted to go home. Um, and yeah. I get up to the ball washer <laughs> machine, and there's ants all over it more ants than you've ever seen in your life there's uh, i'm i was scared they were going to pick me up and carry me around the course you know and uh so i didn't wash the balls and i left a post-it note there that's what i did i left a post-it note right it's like lloyd christmas leaving ious and it said (laughs) uh did not wash balls due to unreasonable amount of ants (laughs) 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 that's like i had a buddy at the video store the first place that i worked me and him got hired at the same time and one night he just didn't check in any of the movies that were in the Dropbox. yeah he just left because his shift was supposed to be over and so the next person came in and he's like all those need to be checked in and they're like what do you mean and he's like yeah i didn't i didn't get around to it (laughs) they're like well you got you got to get around to it you can't just leave them there and then uh, next time I came in for my shift, he was walking out and he goes, well, I just got fired. Call me when you get off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. Listen, little little learning experiences. I got better at being a bad employee at my next job and I got better at that every year. And then I ran the bank. You know what I mean? Right. And then, uh, <laughs> now I'm good at my job because I like it. Uh, but, Dusty, we have more important things at the foot before we get to this wonderful wrestling topic that we have today. <laughs> yeah. I texted you today. And I said, we should do an NCAA tournament bracket, right? Yes. Dusty, how many college basketball games have you watched this year? Uh, that would be zero. That's a, quite a coincidence because I have also watched zero. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know who's good. There's little numbers by these teams. Yeah. Um, so I thought it would be funny for us to do a competing brackets of ignorance, right? Yeah. And because and I knew, I didn't ask you, but I knew you had watched zero college basketball this year. We, we're both sports fans, but, you know, we got things to do. Yeah, I can't watch everything. <laughs> so we both filled out a bracket. Dusty, you sent me the ESPN link. Um, did you have a specific methodology? Um, I, w- I tried to go, in, in theory, I was going mostly chalk uh, for the big... Like the early games, like the sixteen almost never beats the one. So I'm like, okay, I can, I'll, I'll go with that to a certain point. And then at a certain point, when it gets closer, I just pick whichever uh, logo I think is cooler. Okay, uh, so yeah, it's, it's kind of similar for me. My entire bracket is coolest mascot. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, which the the tough thing about that is a lot of time there's an inverse relationship between how good a team is and how dope their mascot is. You get yes. some wacky mascots when you get to the fringe NCAA teams. So, but I stuck to it. I stuck oh, to right. it. 
uh, my my championship game is not going to happen very likely, uh, most likely. Uh, I haven't. I've I've just now hearing of of the team that I picked to win the national championship, um, but given that, yes, I'd like to propose something. Okay, this is the ninety fifth episode of Snark Marks podcast nine five. Yep, pretty wild. But I can't believe we survived ninety five episodes. Like <laughs> I know. health wise. Um, so the hundredth episode is coming. It's, it's five right episodes up. from now, if yeah. I can do math. By then, by the time that we record the 100th episode, this tournament will have been over. Yes. So, I propose that whoever got a better bracket gets to pick what we do for the 100th episode. I am 100% in. 100% in. I like that. So, 100% in. Uh, and obviously, we want to do something that's like... 100th episode worthy or something stupid. It's it's almost funnier yeah. if it's not 100th episode worthy, you know? Yeah. But, so I don't even have an idea as to what I want to do for the 100th episode. I, my thing's probably going to lose. I went off the mascots. So, uh, <laughs> so um, who, do you, who do you have winning the national title? The national championship of uh, <laughs> 2023 national champions in college basketball will be... Yeah. I got to... Hold on. Let me... I, I can't remember. I can't even remember what they're... I got to say what they're... What their what their mascot is? Yeah, uh, I know what it means, but I can't remember what it's called. Okay, the the Iona University Gales. <laughs> okay, the and who are they beating in the finals? Uh, they will be beating. Oh, I just exited. Oh crap! I just misclicked, bro. Um, crap. I'm sorry, dude. I think it's Providence. <laughs> I think it's the Providence Friars. I think that's what it is. That's so. I have the Alabama uh, Crimson Tide. I think. Oh, you picked the one seed. Hell yeah, dude! Beating the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Oh, dude, Uh, you're gonna kick this shit out of me. Well, because I, I still, I know enough that I was like, maybe that's unfair. Maybe I'll make a new one. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm riding hard for mine. Mine's gonna win. Yeah, I mean, I have like a zero point one percent chance according to the. Oh, they uh, give you chances. Yeah, like uh, depending on how many rounds you picked, you know. Oh, I wonder. Uh, yeah, mine doesn't. So yeah, it is. Mine is the Iona Gales beating the Providence Friars. <laughs> Kennesaw State is dope. They have a, a Scrappy the Hawk or some shit. Um, <laughs> The tough one for me was San Diego State Aztec Warriors versus the Providence um, Friars. Yeah. And I went with the Friars because I feel like the Aztec Warriors are a little, a little appropriate-y. You know? Yeah, for San Diego State, sir. I, <laughs> I, I ride for my Latinos, but uh, yeah. I, I, don't know, I don't know if I'm riding for them if I pick them, so it was weird. Duke Blue Devils did really well. Um, obviously Blue Devils is a dope name. Yeah. The Grand Canyon Antelopes is pretty sick. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so yeah, my, my final four was Kennesaw state and versus Iona and San Diego state versus Providence. Um, All right. I'm going to lose. So start thinking hard. (laughs) Oh, I already got it. I'm going to make you watch a WCW (laughs) pay-per-view. 
Oh, good. Maybe the, maybe the worst WCW pay-per-view of all time. Oh, good. I should have uh, taken this more seriously at yeah, this point. I, I got Alabama versus Duke in my final four. Okay. And uh, Houston, University of Houston versus the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Yeah, so Houston made it to the Elite Eight for me. They lost to Kennesaw State. Uh, as they should. What yeah. what is Houston's? Yeah, they don't have a like an animal. Yeah, uh, I had to keep freaking. I had to Google all these bastards. Yeah, the Houston's like the Cougars or the, a lot of cats and yeah, cats did uh, pretty. Cats fared pretty well in my. You know me, I'm a cat man. Right, there's some biases. Yeah, uh, in that I think. But so. uh, I had to. I there's so many cats that I couldn't really give it to a cat. Unless there was like a, you know New Hampshire kitty cats, I probably would have put them through. But they're all cougars or mountain lions or the the Nittany lions. Uh, Penn State they they made it pretty yeah. far. Um, but yeah, so I and and you know there's there's some good ones. There's there's some kind of boring ones. You know there's so many dogs and cats. So many like so many like probably I'd say close to half are either dogs or cats. Um, Miami Hurricanes did pretty well. I think the Hurricanes is a pretty dope name. Hurricane is a dope name. Uh, only downside to Hurricane is there is, uh, like, it's a natural disaster that uh, <laughs> destroys people's lives. So I don't yes, know that I awesome. want to root for the, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, Furman University, the Paladins. But Furman. I was, I was, yeah. That's what I was saying. Yeah. They, they lost because of Furman German. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so in the round fell. of 64, I'm I the predicted correct... Uh, picks. I got twenty-two out of thirty-two games. Pretty good there. How do you? Where does this? Where Where are you seeing this? I'm not seeing this anywhere. I'd like um, to see. On my bracket, where it says my bracket, there's uh-huh. a bracket analyzer. ESPN Plus bracket analyzer. Oh god, I don't think I have that. People's bracket who picked whom, how to play, prizes, 2023. All right, keep going. Uh, in the round oh, of 32, I, see, I, see, I, see. I got seven and a half out of 16 games. Not as good. Sweet 16, 2.7 out of eight games. Things are starting to get dicey. Lead eight, one out of four games. Final four, 0.3 out of two games. Champion, 0.1 uh, <laughs> out of one game. Did they give so, you a value picking grade on uh, the right side? Yeah, I got thirteen point seven percent odds. So yeah, um, but I got see, look, I got a. Uh, it gave me a D. <laughs> uh, oh, did you? Uh, d- let's see. Uh, like, I'll show you right see. here, like on the right side of the screen. Value picking grade D. We think oh. you did a poor job identifying <laughs> underrated and overrated teams in the round of sixty-four. Uh, expected I, correct t- picks seventeen point three out of thirty-two games. That's still pretty good. Um, and I got a pretty high daredevil rating. <laughs> <laughs> right. I got an A. Uh, they think I did a great job identifying <laughs> underrated and overrated teams in the round of 64. So, Oh, uh, man. I'm fucking screwed. Oh, it goes by round, too. If you change the round, it changes the grade. Yeah, championship, I got a 0.0 out of one games. High yeah. daredevil rating. Uh, zero. Uh. Yeah, Alabama's got 11% odds. Yeah, I think it... Well, I mean, you're trying to pick one team out of 64 teams. (laughs) Yeah, so I got 13 out of... It's kind of a... It's a shot in the dark no matter what. I got 13 out of 32 in the round of 64, and then a 5.8 out of 16 games in the round of 32, and then a 1.1 out of 8 games in the Sweet 16. 
Yeah. So, I mean, look, one of us is going to win. So, Listen, and of course, I'm, because I am the way that I am, I have a very low Daredevil rating in all of my. <laughs> uh, yeah. This was my. this was how this was going to go. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, yeah. If. Okay. We'll do it this way. I said, I, I propose that I'm not going to win this. So, uh, no matter if it is the, the championship is the golden snitch. Yeah. If if you picked the champion correctly, no, I can't do that because you picked Alabama. What if mine's crazy good and Alabama beats Iona in the fucking? <laughs> right. I deserve all the all the cheddar in that, you know. So I can't do that. Never mind. So, all right, we've we've got ourselves a we got ourselves a competition. Yeah, mentally prepare to watch WCW New Blood Rising. Is so. uh, or am I going to see Double J? You are. It's peak yeah. Double J. Hell so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm into it. All right. You about ready to go? Ready to go. Theme song. Welcome to Snark Marks, everybody. We are re- re- we are a very funny podcast. I'm dejected, man. We're a very <laughs> funny podcast out of uh, Central Valley of California. I'm Andrew. That's Dusty. Uh-huh. Uh, hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at Snark Marks Pod. Dusty's on Twitter at Snark Mark D. I'm at Twitter. And, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Andrew Idell. Um, fo- follow us. Follow us on your podcast thing. We got some more Spotify followers. Spotify bought Anchor. The thing that hosts our podcasts now, uh, oh, okay. I, don't, I don't know what entirely that's going to mean. I was locked out for like an hour on Sunday, thinking I wasn't going to be able to release the podcast. That I was thinking about quitting the business, shutting Snyder right. down. But um, yeah, we got some more followers. We, we want more. Yeah, we want some more. So we always please, want more. Please but... continue to follow. Please tell people to follow. Please steal people's phones. Follow us and give their phones back. Please do whatever you can. Please, you know, and in um, honor of the King Jerry Lawler, Paller Drive, the like or subscribe or mm-hmm. follow, whatever button it is, three times. Just, yeah, just hit it with that Paller Driver. You yeah, know? don't hit it twice because then you unfollow. Hit it right. three times. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is our ninety-fifth installation installment of the podcast. Hot damn! And Dusty had the idea because uh, I think because the other day. We were going through. I can't remember why we were going through these matches. Oh no! It was when you remembered SummerSlam '93 off the top of your head. Yeah. We mentioned that Bret Hart at SummerSlam '93 wrestled both Doink the Clown and Jerry the King Lawler. Yes, uh, that is true. And after the episode, we hadn't decided on our next episode, and I thought well, Andrew would love Jerry Lawler versus Bret Hart the feud. Uh, and so I just floated the idea out. Look, the matches aren't very long. It's a lot of promos. It's a lot of Jerry Lawler doing, uh, classic work really. Oh Uh, man. (laughs) And so, uh, I put together sort of a playlist, uh, as best I could from, uh, YouTube and from Peacock 
to sort of give an overview of the Bret Hart versus Jerry Lawler feud. Yeah, and this is just so it's so classic wrestling. It's two of the greatest of all time. One being his classic heel. There are maybe two heels ever that could hold a candle to Jerry Lawler yeah. uh, in terms of heeldom, you know, uh, versus the hero, Bret Hart, the just straight to business. Why are you fucking with me? I don't fuck with anybody. I'm just yeah. the best, Bret Hart. Uh, and it's just a match made in heaven. They Because they could... Jerry could be Jerry. Bret could be Bret. And then when it's time to do the wrestling matches, they could build the wrestling matches properly and do it right to where people were lighting the chairs on fire. You know what yeah. I mean? And uh, Jerry Lawler, you were always assured... That in the end, no matter what, his face was in the doo-doo. Face was going in the doo-doo. Eventually. They did, it took a while. It was a slow yeah. burn for the face to be in the doo-doo. But yeah. that made the face face being in the doo-doo all the more better. Yeah. Um, so I feel like there is some context that I need to give uh, to you and to anyone listening who's not familiar to really underpin how important and how good this like this feud was. Because on the face of it, it doesn't maybe doesn't seem like it, but it is a really important wrestling feud and something that nobody ever thought was really going to happen. So at the end of 1992, Jerry Lawler becomes a commentator for the WWF. And this is huge because he had never been in the WWF or WCW. He's sort of the last regional wrestling star. Because he runs the USWA with Jerry Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett's dad, who recently passed away. And he's still a huge star in Memphis. And they're sort of the last thriving territory. Or may, you know, maybe less than thriving. But they're doing it. And Lawler is the star of this promotion. Yeah, they're like the last of the, like, the legacy ter- territories, right? Yeah, and Lawler is the king of Memphis. And people were like, hell has frozen over if Jerry the King Lawler has joined the WWF. Like, it's a huge deal. And part of the reason that that is a huge deal is because things are not going good for Vince McMahon in 1992-1993. The government is on his ass about steroids. Oh, like, this is the beginning of the steroid stuff. This is... Or well, the, this the is heart the, the heart of it. Oh, okay. So, the, 91, steroids sort of start becoming a huge thing. 92, 93, it's even bigger. So the end of 1992, they put the world title on Bret the Hitman Hart because Bret the Hitman Hart's a great athlete. He's in very good shape. He's a good wrestler. No one's going to accuse Bret Hart of being on steroids. Which is funny because there's a very good chance Bret Hart was on steroids. Right. But if you, if you look at him, he's still stacked like a mug. You know what I mean? It doesn't look like Hulk Hogan. No, or, the or Sid. Warrior, though. Yeah. So uh, they put the belt on Bret Hart because they're like, look, this is we're we're doing our best. We're getting away from steroids. We're getting away from those type of bodies. And at the end of 1992 into 1993, uh, Vince McMahon brings Jerry Jarrett in as a consultant in some regard. And a lot of people think if Vince thinks he's going to prison, which he thinks might be a real possibility, he wants Jerry to run the WWF while he's in prison. So Man, this and and I I. I let me tread lightly here. Yeah. I love Vince in this era 
on camera, right? Yeah. And if Vince goes to prison right there, who knows if the Mr. McMahon shit happens? Who knows all these things? So I don't know if I would yeah. flip that switch if I had the chance, but I'd love to see what WWF looked like with Jerry Jarrett, Jerry Jarrett at the helm. It'd look a lot like this, I think. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah because uh, Vince is looking at like eight, eight years minimum, probably, if he's uh, convicted of the steroids trial that they're trying to get him for. So, uh, and of course, because Jeff Jarrett or Jerry Jarrett's biggest star is Jerry Lawler. He's like, well, I'm going to bring my guy with me if we're doing this. And so that is sort of a precursor. And then they've gone away with Hogan. Then Hogan comes back. Brett's the champion going into WrestleMania nine against Yokozuna. And Hogan comes in and sort of power plays his position by being like, shouldn't I leave WrestleMania as the WWF champion? Probably should. Probably should be me. Isn't that right? Brother. <laughs> uh, Vince. So they brother. have. Brother. <laughs> he just keeps doing that. Uh, is, yeah. So is WrestleMania 9, 1993? Yes. Okay. That's uh, Caesar's Palace. It's outside. It stinks. It's a it's a really bad show. Not a big fan of the outside WrestleManias. Yeah. Um, Jerry Lawler or uh, Bobby Heenan has to ride a camel. That's pretty funny. That is dope. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, so Brett loses to Yokozuna. And then Hulk Hogan comes out and immediately beats Yokozuna like two minutes later <laughs> to win the title. And they're supposed to, if you're, if you're listening to Brett, they're supposed to be working towards Brett versus Hogan at SummerSlam. Uh, but suddenly Hogan doesn't want to do the match. And it's, uh, it doesn't work for me, brother, sort of situation. Dude, he's the biggest uh, <laughs> fingers crossed guys yeah, he's uh, so they have to change plans. And this is sort of uh, in the tradition of Southern wrestling. They make Yokozuna the monster heel that the babyface has to chase. Because in the time that Vince Jr. has been in charge of WWF from 1983 to now, there's never been a heel champion for any sustained period of time. It's always a babyface. So. Now Yokozuna's the champ, but he's already beat Brett. So what do we do with Brett? So Wait, they, so how is Yokozuna the champ if if uh, Hogan beat him? He beats Hogan at the King of the Ring, where Bret Hart also wins King of the Ring. Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. So they switch the belt back because Hogan's like, oh, I don't know if I want to keep wrestling. I think I'm going to try Hollywood. I'm going to go to movies, whatever. And he's like, I promise I'll never run. I'll never run competition to events. And then when you know who won the pony, he Ron. decides he wants to wrestle again <laughs> and uh, joins WCW. So this is truly the end of Hulk Hogan's run in 93. And we start at the King of the Ring, where Brett, they've just created the King of the Ring as a pay-per-view. They ran the King of the Ring as like a regional house show promotion. Like, come out, see who win the King of the Ring. We're doing a tournament. And they would run it sort of just out on the house shows, you know. Uh, and so this is the first added pay-per-view to the WWE since SummerSlam in 1988. This is the first new pay-per-view. Oh, okay. Uh, and did they... Did they come up with King of the Ring because of Jerry Lawler coming over, or did it just happen to work out that way? Uh, WCW had started putting more pay-per-views on the schedule, so I think they were like, we need more pay-per-views. Well, I'm, and I'm talking about specifically the, the King aspect. Oh, no. King of the Ring, like they had ran it as 
house shows under the name King of the Ring. It had just never been a pay per view. Uh, okay, yeah, never mind. Because we had uh, was was uh, Harley Race King of the Ring before this. Yeah, Harley and, Race, uh, Macho Man, Macho Man. Yeah, okay. Yeah, King Duggan. You'll remember. Hell yeah, uh, dude. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> okay, but this, yeah. much like the Royal Rumble, they'd ran it before it was a pay per view. They had ran this before it was a pay per view, then converted the concept. Oh, okay. So, uh, Brett wrestles three times on that pay-per-view because he's like, they're not going to let me be the champion. I'm going to show him I'm the best wrestler in the world. And so he beats Razor Ramon. He beats Mr. Perfect and he beats Bam Bam Bigelow in the finals. And so the first clip that we watched is the end of the Bret Hart Bam Bam match where he beats Bam Bam. And then he shows up on the stage and he's getting crowned the king and Jerry Lawler comes out. Uh, and it's like, you're not the king, you're a pretender to the crown, uh, but I'd let you be a prince in my kingdom if you kiss my feet. Uh, just immediately great heel work from Jerry Lawler. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll let you, I'll let you be a prince, you know? <laughs> yeah, uh, you can be a duke, a kick-ass duke. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a part where, uh, where Brett is like, you didn't have the integrity or the courage to enter this tur- this tournament, and Jerry just goes, "That's not true." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so uh, Brett, of course, is like, uh, "Why didn't you enter the, the tournament?" That's because I think the only bur- I think the only king you are is the Burger King. And then uh, Heenan goes, "Oh no!" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, on commentary, burn of the century, bro. Yeah, and then the crowd starts chanting Burger King, and Randy Savage starts chanting along with the crowd. And Bobby Heenan goes, "Stop that!" <laughs> to Macho Man, <laughs> why, it's great. Why is Macho Man on commentary for these? Is he injured or something? Because he's on commentary for the next <laughs> one too. No, he. They were trying to go with this idea of like the newer, younger generation. And so they had sort of semi-retired Macho Man to the commentary booth, even uh, though okay. he didn't want to be retired, which is why he ended up going to WCW. Because it hurts for him to talk. It's a, it's a bad idea. Yeah. His knees have not yet been destroyed by jumping <laughs> off of a cage ill-advised. <laughs> uh, so, really of course... <laughs> Um, I can't do it. Bro. So of course, Brett turns around and Lawler just beats the dog shit out of him. Yeah, <laughs> hits him from behind with the scepter, starts kicking the shit out of him, stomps on his crown, rips up his cape, and then picks up the throne that Brett has and slams it on him. And Brett says that Lawler was a little bit stiff uh, in this particular exchange, uh, which will play into one of the later matches. But this is the first. <laughs> feud for Jerry Lawler. He had come in at the end of 1992 and he had been in the Royal Rumble and then he had sort of just been in commentary. And so when they bring up the King of the Ring uh, obviously they want to make more revenue but it is also a way to get to the Bret Hart versus Jerry Lawler match. And this was before this was before Jerry Lawler had the greatest entry into the Royal Rumble of all time. Right. Where he's like, what does he say? Watch this McMahon. <laughs> Yeah, his music plays. I almost sent you that clip just for fun because it's it's like the last Bret Hart uh, Jerry Lawler interaction. But, yeah, he, he takes his headset off, gets in the ring, immediately gets thrown out of the ring by Bret Hart, goes back to the, the table and puts his headset yeah. back on. And then doesn't remember that he was in the Royal Rumble. He's like, I think I'm going to enter this thing next year. Yeah. Uh, and, and Bret punches him and Lawler takes a great bump over the top rope backwards. <laughs> To get eliminated. It's my, it's, yeah. That was like, 
That was when I, I knew that I liked Jerry Lawler like at the beginning of this podcast, but that was like early on in the podcast because that was during our 97 run, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And that, that was just so, it was perfect comedy. Perfect comedy. Uh, so next I found on YouTube a clip where Jerry Lawler interviews himself because part of being a heel back in the day is you get an, a heel interview segment. So there was like Piper's Pit, there was the Flower Shop with Adrian Adonis, there was the Heartbreak Hotel with Shawn Michaels. It's like a classic heel thing to do, is uh, so you can make fun of your opponents. Yeah. And so uh, Jerry Lawler has the King's Court, and he decides that he's going to interview himself, and it's it's comedy gold. He's like really he's pretending like he's asking himself all of these hard hitting questions. He's like, "Why did you attack?" Bret Hart at the end of the King of the Ring. You know, so, you know what, King? That's a good question. But I didn't attack Bret Hart. Bret Hart attacked me. I was merely defending my crown. <laughs> Bret Hart screwed Bret Hart. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> it's, uh, and then he's uh, he goes, some people would say, you're a self-professed king. And he goes, hey, watch it. And he goes, oh, I'm just, I'm just asking the question. <laughs> and uh, at the end of it's the best where he's like, what makes a king? He goes, a king needs a royal scepter. Does Bret Hart have a scepter? No, because I broke it. <laughs> does Does Bret Hart have a robe? No, because I ripped it up. <laughs> it's like he goes. Does Bret Hart have a crown? No, but I sure crowned him. Yeah, because I'm the only real king. You know, and it's like it's so pompous and like sleazy. And I love when a heel can do a heel promo where they're just calm and smiling, especially back yeah. then. Now a lot of heels do it, and they do it in kind of like. Not the not the best. Like they're, they're, Roman Reigns does it pretty well, but like there's, but back then a lot of the heels, a lot of the even the baby faces just screamed, you know. Yeah. And he was super calm. He was smiling, and he just made you hate his guts, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he even said at the beginning of that promo, he's like, "There's not going to be any yelling or screaming." You know, I'm going to keep things under control. <laughs> it's like, uh, so then. As long as this interviewer doesn't get out of line. Yeah. So then we have uh, on Monday Night Raw, Bret Hart is having a rematch with Bam Bam Bigelow from the finals of the King of the Ring. And uh, Jerry Lawler shows up in the crowd to start making fun of Bret's parents who are in attendance, Stu and Helen Hart. And he's got every street joke that you can imagine, and he's just rifling through them. Oh, I heard when Brett was born, they uh, what they say they they wiped the wrong side or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, what was it? Oh, uh, Brett was so ugly for the six for the first six months, you diapered the wrong end. That's what he said. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good. <laughs> and and then he's talking about how how old Stu is, and he's like, yeah. how many kids you guys have? You guys got twelve kids? I guess Stu never took no for an answer, but I guess at his age he can't take yes for an answer anymore. <laughs> Yeah, and Brett's like trying to fight Bam Bam Bigelow off <laughs> yeah. so that he can go after Lawler. But uh, he's, uh, this is the couple that produced more tragedies than Shakespeare. Uh, he tells Stu Hart that he should put his false teeth in backwards and eat himself. <laughs> uh, and, when when you ahead. were young, the Dead Sea was just sick. Like he's just nailing him. And, and Helen Hart them. keeps trying to clap back. She's like, if the Dead Sea was sick, it was because it was standing next to you right and they have like thick canadian country accents and yeah, Stu says a. <laughs> yeah and so he keeps making fun of Stu's accent he's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like anybody understand what this guy's talking about <laughs> and the the crowd 
hates Jerry Lawler. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, so Brett eventually gets Bam Bam off of him and then goes to try to get Lawler and he gets counted out. So Bam Bam <laughs> wins the match. He gets counted out and Lawler goes, look, lost again. Yeah. <laughs> You raised a loser. Uh, and so Lawler's like, I'm getting out of here. And then Brett comes up the stairs and they're like, Brett's finally up there. And Heenan goes, yeah, he took the back way. <laughs> uh, and so Lawler like pieces out and they're left with just uh, Brett trying to console his parents. And Brett Hart has said in the ring, it was really difficult to not laugh at all the shit that Lawler was saying about his family. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. He's That's... like, it was great. I uh, yeah, and it made like the crowd just the crowd hates him, you know. Uh and then we go to Jerry Lawler interviews Owen Hart on the King's Court because this is also a big part of it and uh Lawler says, "Now every week I try to bring out a guest of high integrity, someone with a lot of talent and great ability, well loved and respected and on top of their career. Unfortunately, my guest this week doesn't possess any of those qualities." <laughs> And uh, he introduces Owen, and this is Owen Hart still trying to find himself. You know, he hasn't, he's not heel Owen Hart yet. He's just like in a random tag team, Owen Hart. Yeah, he's Brett's brother in this scenario. Like, he's not, he doesn't have his own identity fully. Yeah, and uh, he's got that 90s, that 90s teal windbreaker working for him hard. Hell yeah, know? dude. Um, so, of course, like, Lawler's just laying it on him. And he's like, how does it feel to stay next to the real king? Uh, you suck. Your family sucks. And the whole time, Owen's just keeping to the script and going, I would beat your ass, but I told my brother, I told my parents that I wouldn't disrespect them, so I'm not going to do it. And then finally, he's had enough of Lawler's nonsense, and he challenges him to a match the next week. And the crowd is, like, eating it up. The crowd wants Lawler to somebody to... to shut Lawler somebody up, beat this you know? dude's ass and Jerry my, yeah. one of my, my favorite line because it's so simple he he said your parents really hit the jerk button when they had you <laughs> yeah. uh, you need to call the jerk store that run out of you, you know? yeah. uh, he also says that uh, whenever Brett was born Stu went to the zoo and threw rocks at the store <laughs> like it's just the simplest, the stupidest lines. Or something about like that when you were born, the doctor slapped your mom or something. Yeah, you like were so that. ugly when you were born, the doctor slapped your mom. <laughs> and then, of course, Owen fires up and he says, the only king you are is the Burger King. And gets another Burger King chant started and Lawler sells it so perfectly. Ah, God damn it. <laughs> he got me with a Burger King thing again. <laughs> Yet again. I'm not the Burger King. Oh. Uh, <laughs> So then we have our first uh, match, which is Jerry Lawler versus Owen Hart from WWF Wrestling Challenge. And Wrestling Challenge used to be one of the syndicated weekend hour-long shows that I would watch. And uh, Weekend Challenge came on Sunday. And WWF Superstars came on Saturday. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Uh, and Heenan, these are... Heenan really, really <laughs> stole the show during this match. Yeah. And these were mostly, like, they're all generally uh jobber matches that are used to propel storylines or introduce new guys mm -hmm. so it's like you're not getting competitive matches so this is probably one of the rare like oh it's two guys that i like actually know of that are facing off here yeah you know and they, you probably throw some stuff on that to to pump up the show so people watch next week um, yeah and it's it's a good build for brett versus jerry lawler 
you know. They start wrestling and like uh, immediately at the beginning of the match, Heenan's talking about how Owen's fighting for Brett and, and, and Heenan goes, I never had anybody fight my battles for me. <laughs> yeah, he's, Which uh, was Heenan's whole career. Those people fighting and it's, battles uh, for him. It's Jim Ross who had recently come over from WCW because in WCW's infinite wisdom, they did not hire Jim Ross to run WCW and hired a guy that we know, Eric Bischoff. Would would you change the okay? How about this? Would you change if you now you see what happened with Bischoff? Would you roll the dice with Ross if if you if you know you you are given the keys you are told Bischoff's going to do exactly this? Would yeah. you hire Jim Ross on the spot right there and 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 just erase the whole NWO era? It's an interesting question. <laughs> yeah, because I mean the highs are probably not nearly ever as high yeah but like wcw might still be in business yeah the lows <laughs> the lows aren't nearly as low yeah that's an interesting uh butterfly effect i would so. do it just to see what it looks like but oh man you're messing with a lot of it, things it stays very southern i'll tell you that and also then you don't have jim ross by god he's broken in half oh uh, man and I know how to fall. Yeah, yeah I don't know if I give cold, all that. You know, I don't know. I'd, I'd be more bummed giving that up than giving up the NWO, to be honest. Yeah, I think the biggest calls in wrestling history are worth uh, WCW going out of business. But, <laughs> yeah. you know? yeah. um, Lawler at the beginning plays it perfect. Uh, he's like, look, I don't want to have to beat you up. I will, because I'm the king, and I can do that. Yeah. But uh, if you just uh, kiss my feet, It'll spare you the embarrassment, and I'll just let you go to the locker room, you know. And, of course, Owen denies or <laughs> refuses that. And then they have the perfect match, which is Owen Hart kicking the shit out of Jerry Lawler for, like, 90% of this match, just getting heat. Just Lawler does that, that terrified crawl all the way immediately all the way to oh, the referee. Man. It's the best yeah, crawl every, in wrestling history. <laughs> every time he gets hit, uh, he crawls over, and then... Uh, Heenan goes, I know what he's doing. He's given Owen a false sense of superiority. <laughs> it's like there's, there's he gets where... hit with a drop kick and he crawls over to the referee and grabs the referee's <laughs> leg. There's a part where uh, uh, Lawler looks at the crowd and yells, shut up, you idiot. And, yeah. and Heenan goes, he's talking to you. <laughs> to uh, JR. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Lawler, of course, old Memphis trick, goes in his trunks and keeps trying to get out a foreign object, and then he finally does. And then Heenan's like, I didn't see him hit him with anything. And Lawler's like, you're lying. Or, uh, uh, Jared's like, you're lying. You're already lying. The show just started. And he's like, what? <laughs> I didn't see it. <laughs> How do I call what I can't see? Uh, and so the end of this match, Owen Hart hits a top rope missile drop kick, which I'm surprised Jerry Lawler kicked out of. Uh, and then Hart runs into the steel post with his shoulder. Lawler hits a pallet driver, holds the tights. And wins in nine minutes and twenty four seconds. When he hits uh, his shoulder, when he hits his shoulder, uh, Jr. goes, "He may have separated his shoulder." And he goes, "Who cares?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, afterwards, Lawler gets on the mic and is like, "Do you see how easy it was? Do you see how easy it was for me to win?" And he goes, uh, "You you had the chance to kiss my feet before. I'm gonna make you kiss them now." And so then he starts laying the boots to uh, to Owen Hart. It just Again, it's if you didn't know who Jerry Lawler was as a heel, you know you don't see Memphis Television because it's regional. You you have a perfect encapsulation of who he is in that match, you know. Yeah, and this is where you like because this is our first match. Like, 
the he's like Flair in that he sells his butt off. I feel like he was more not not necessarily goofy, but he understood the tenets of comedy a little bit more than Ric Flair, and um, his face was more substantially in the doo doo. Like he was more (laughs) cowardly than Flair because Flair was like a tough guy who cheated. And like a skeezy, dirty, t- tough guy, and all this, yeah. who was willing to be the coward sometimes, right? But right. Jerry Lawler went full coward this in- yeah. entire time. He yeah. was his whole like all of his confidence is a facade for for the fact that he can't beat these guys straight up. Like, oh man, it's so perfect. Yeah, and uh, you get the feeling with Flair that like he cheats because he doesn't want to try as hard. Yeah. He's lazy. You know, he like, cheats because he's a scoundrel. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he, it's in his nature. It's in his very nature. He can't yeah. help. You know. Yeah. Uh, so that leads us to SummerSlam 1993, Bret Hart versus Jerry Lawler. The thing about this is that they hadn't had any matches or any face-to-face confrontations that I could find between the King of the Ring and SummerSlam. So you're talking about two months of just building the match through like promos and things, but you leave it to like, you got to pay. You got to, and we know Bret Hart's going to beat Jerry Lawler's ass, but you got to pay to see it happen. Like yeah. you don't get any of the satisfaction beforehand. Um, and uh, your boy is back. Andrew, do you see him interviewing Bruce and Owen Hart? Oh, Todd fucking goddamn Todd Pettengill, bro. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah. uh, he's back. And, he asks where Stu and Helen are, and uh, Owen and Bruce say that Stu injured his knee after the interaction with Lawler because he was so, so shook up from the verbal assault of Jerry Lawler. So they're at home recuperating. Listen, they need their rest, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, according to Lawler, they're hundreds of years old. They, <laughs> so, yeah, they, they are older than dirt itself. Yeah. Uh, and Heenan, uh, while Brett's coming out, goes, was that Bruce Hart? He goes, yeah. He goes, did he ever play a banjo in Deliverance? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so when whenever Brett's in the ring, Lawler's music hits, and he comes through the curtain with crutches, and he's got, like, an old-style, uh, like, uh, ice pack over his knee taped. And Heenan just goes, oh, no. I didn't want to say anything about this. And, and he, and uh, Vince is like, what are you talking about? And he goes, Oh, uh, earlier today, you know, actually, you know what? I'll let the King tell it. <laughs> it's like, uh, and so of course, Pedgill comes over and he's like, what's going on? And Lawler goes, uh, I hate you, Bret Hart. I hate your brothers. I hate your stinking father and your wrinkled up old mother. <laughs> I hate all the peons in this crowd. Uh, and then he tells a story about he rented a luxury sedan from Detroit because they're in Detroit for SummerSlam. And he's like, but it didn't work. The The radio didn't work. The brakes didn't work. And some blue hair old lady pulled out in front of me and there was a eight to 10 car pileup. And I pulled myself from that fiery wreckage. And the nurses said to me, Mr. Lawler, King, <laughs> you can't <laughs> wrestle. <laughs> and, uh, uh, of course, you know, he's really putting it over the top. Uh, I could beat you if I wanted to, but the doctors have told me that I can't. Yeah, no, uh, remember he, yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he painted it at first as he, like he was a hero. Like, 
they they told him you got to go to the hospital, King, and he's yeah. like he refused and came because he, he he insisted on getting his hands on Bret Hart. But backstage, they just wouldn't let him go. They just couldn't yeah. they couldn't let him do it. Uh, and so he's like, everybody in the backstage hates you. They all came up to me and were like, please let me fight Bret Hart for you. But I'm gonna make. But I have a, found a suitable opponent. My royal self appointed court jester, Doink the Clown. And Evil Doink is maybe one of the biggest misses in pro wrestling history. Evil Doink rules. <laughs> He's so good. I yeah, and I kept I kept looking at this going, can this be a viable wrestling character, especially in the nineties, like an evil clown? Yeah. I feel like you could have take he could have been taken a little more seriously. Uh he comes out with a stogie. <laughs> and not be called Doink though. <laughs> you yeah. know? Uh, and he's got two buckets, and he throws confetti onto the fans, and then he picks up the second bucket and throws it onto Bruce and Owen Hart, and it's filled with water. And Bobby Heenan, that's the funniest thing he's ever seen in his yeah. life. Yeah, double know? double misdirection. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you, you, listen, if if you if you didn't know what was going to happen before he chucked the, the before both of the reveals, there you don't yeah. know comedy. <laughs> You had yeah, to have known when he when he picked up the first bucket, you know that's confetti. When he picks up the second bucket and he's looking at the hearts, you know there's water coming out of that bucket. Yeah. Doink is a comedy master. He studied under all the greats. 100%. You know? uh, so Evil Doink is played by a guy named Matt Bourne uh, and was essentially just an evil clown. You know, like he had a... Uh, and in all of his feuds, he would have like... Uh, a little flower on his lapel, but it would spray water in the baby face's eyes. And then he would cheat to beat him up. Like evil doink. There's some mileage there, but yeah. they, I think they kind of chickened out cause it scared the children uh, making like sexually suggestive balloon animals. <laughs> yeah. And that, it's like, that, you see that, it's, like that. it's like crusty the clown. What does you know? that look like? <laughs> uh, and so they, after not long after this, they turn him baby face. And babyface doink stinks. Yeah, you uh, can't do babyface doink. You gotta, yeah. It's got to be evil. It's got to be like like an alcoholic evil clown. It doesn't even have to be evil as much as it has to be just an antagonistic dickhead clown who always just <laughs> right. wanted to be a clown, but like never. He he always got the the shaft in all of the clowning. Like yeah. he's bad at clown stuff. You know, he can't balance yeah. a, a he can't balance a, a a ladder on his on his chin like Stevo. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All of his tricks end up sucking. He doesn't know how to make balloon animals like all that, and and yeah. uh, so he has to wrestle. Think of sideshow Bob, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. He's always uh, stepping on rakes. <laughs> yeah, a mix of Krusty the Clown and sideshow Bob. Yeah. You know, uh, and then uh, so now Brett is wrestling Doink the Clown. So uh, in a little bit of trivia, Bill Alfonso is our referee. Better known for his ECW run. The Whistle Guy. Yeah, I was wondering, and I actually remembered his name. Uh, I heard his voice before I saw him. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) He's got a very distinct voice. Yeah, 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 that guy, and... uh, and he's ugly, so he's he looks he looks like the predator. So uh, <laughs> it's too I was times, proud of myself maybe. for recognizing Bill Alfonso. But, I didn't know he was a ref. Uh, Heenan says during the the initial part of this match that uh, 
he un- he knows what happened at Lawler, and he's like, I'll tell you what happened, McMahon. He's like, there was an 18, 19 car pileup, and Lawler, he crawled from the wreckage, and he he saved a bus full of like 40 children, <laughs> and then he bought them all hamburgers. What a man. What a king. <laughs> he bought them all hamburgers. Hey, he's the Burger King. He's the Burger King. Uh, Doink the Clown is like, they're trying to sell him as a, as a good wrestler under the guise of clowndom. So he's doing a lot of like submission style stuff, technical wrestling, and it's not bad. Um, he eventually goes for his finish, which is like a top rope, uh, butt splash, essentially. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, (laughs) Brett blocks that, gets the sharpshooter, and this is why Bret Hart is maybe one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. He sets it up so that he puts the sharpshooter on Doink, and his back is to Jerry Lawler, because it has to be. And he moves the, he positions it so you don't even think about it. But his back's to Lawler, and suddenly Lawler jumps in the ring with the crutch, and he just whacks the shit out of Bret Hart with this, <laughs> with this crutch, breaks it around his face uh, for the disqualification. And of course, immediately Heenan's like, "It's a miracle! <laughs> Look at him!" <laughs> He's you like, know? "It's a miracle! It's a miracle!" Uh, real quick, did you happen to look up the star rating for the Doink the Clown match? I did. Uh, this got one and a half stars. See, I got 2.75 when I looked it up. Yeah, I saw somewhere else that it had two and a half. So I don't know if he if Melton went are, back. These and, things are all over the place. Yeah, uh, <laughs> if he went back I, and re-rated I it. I looked it up and I was, because, because I was like, man, Bret the Hart's so good that he's having a pretty decent match with Doink the Clown right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I thought it was better than one and a half stars. You know? Yeah. But, well, we'll give it the 2.75. Yeah, let's go with that. We'll Definitive. split the difference. Uh, so, Let's just say it happened in Tokyo. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then Lawler's using the crutch to beat uh, Bret Hart. And then Doink and Lawler try to leave. And the president of WWF, Jack Tunney, comes out. And he announces that if Lawler doesn't wrestle Bret, then he'll be banned for life from the WWF. So, of course, Lawler has to come back. And Well, and you knew that they were going to make him come back because the owner of the company... Vince McMahon on commentary was screaming about what a ripoff this whole thing had been. <laughs> yeah, he's like, uh, someone should say something about this because we guaranteed a match. You know, yeah, if only yeah. somebody could stop this from happening. Um, Man, I wish there was an authority figure present. Yeah, uh, but on TV, Vince is not the owner of WWF at this time. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. I-, I know he owns the company, and right. I know unless they were going to reverse this. The owner of the company will not be yelling to the fans about what a ripoff the <laughs> yeah. match that just happened was. Because I was thinking about it myself. I was like, imagine showing up to the arena. And this is why this is brilliant. Imagine showing up to the arena thinking that you're going to get Jerry Lawler versus Bret Hart. But because Jerry Lawler is such a chicken shit coward, you had to watch. You got Doink the Clown versus Bret Hart. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then, of course, if Lawler reveals he's not hurt, that which everybody knows he's not hurt, everybody knows then, he's not hurt. Yeah. Then you have to do the match. Yeah, you know. So whenever uh, Brett's beating Lawler up and bringing him back up the aisle way, Heenan's like, "Well, he's got a broken kneecap and a torn thigh and a torn clavicle around the ankle part." <laughs> and, uh, this is mostly just Bret Hart beating up Jerry Lawler to the delight of the fans. And yeah. Lawler's selling it perfectly. He takes over for a little bit after cheating. Uh, but then Bret, of course, ultimately puts him in the sharpshooter. And Lawler submits. But 
Brad Hart will not let go of the sharpshooter. And He's Brad pissed. Hart yeah, he had to wrestle Canadian the clown. Justice. <laughs> yeah, this is frontier. <laughs> this is frontier justice, baby. So <laughs> he's got the sharpshooter on Lawler for like minutes, and people are trying to pull him off, and they're like, he is yelling. He's like, just push him over, because <laughs> really, <laughs> yeah. you know, if you wanted to, you could, uh, so. You, yeah, you're, you, the integrity of that sharpshooter is very easy to break if you are yeah. not in so, the sharpshooter. Uh, eventually he lets go of Lawler, but then the bell rings again and it's announced that because of excessive sharpshooter, uh, the referee <laughs> has reversed his decision and has crowned Jerry Lawler, the true King of the WWF. And I was hoping this was going to happen. And of course it did. Cause Jerry Lawler is the King. They have him on the stretcher. They're carrying him out and he raises his hand up as the winner. <laughs> and he's got one finger in the air. He's like number he's, one, man. Like he's, he's a football player coming off the field letting everybody know he's okay. That is what makes Jerry Lawler one of the best. Oh, he's the best man. He like, always the, wins even when he loses. Like, and the comedy instincts to know, I got to put my hand up because <laughs> <That was laughs> even though I'm paralyzed, I got to put my hand up because I'm the king. He, he won. He's the, yeah. he's the victor. He, he, he whooped Bret Hart's ass. It's, it's, it's like in, in the, uh, in baseball, when you get what, what's called like a ground ball with eyes, which is like a shitty little ground ball that just happens to trickle through the infield or a dying quail, which is like a shitty little line drive that like goes at like a flare over the second baseman's head. People will say it looks like a line drive in the scorebook because that's a single. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. It's the same thing. It's a W, bro. It's a yeah. win. <laughs> look, whenever we look at the official Wikipedia, it's going to say Jerry Lawler beat Brett the Hitman. Yeah. One time Don't I was playing golf, one. I hit a ball. 20 yards left like it was and on a par three is so far left it hit one cart path bounced against the wall jumped straight up in the air rolled down a hill about a foot from the hole <laughs> <laughs> that's a, a shot <laughs> that's a winning drive yeah. yeah uh so they they play brett's music after all of this which is really rewarding bad sportsmanship so i don't know what the reason is for that you know who cares man you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> didn't win uh, I watched a shoot interview where Brett said that he really cinched the sharpshooter up on Jerry Lawler as a receipt for uh, him beating the crap out of him at King of the Ring and that Lawler was in tough shape for a while backstage because the sharpshooter really hurts if you cinch it up on somebody and he's like I, I he's like I just went into a deep squat and I just left it for like three minutes you know and you could like Lawler's selling really well, so it might just be selling, but like he's clearly in some pain <laughs> whenever they finally let the hold go. So I guess that's Brett paying him back for the earlier uh, stiff shots. So, which is a weird thing. It's like wrestling, the wrestling business sort of has the same policy as like baseball, you know, throwing at another guy. Yeah. Which I'm not thrilled about, but you know, yeah, you know what I mean. You don't 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 fuck with King. You know what I mean. He gets yeah. to be stiff on you. You don't you don't do that to him. Uh, from the Wrestling Observer newsletter, SummerSlam '93 was a show of several surprises, although not all of them were good. The best performer on the show was a guy who only was in the ring for six minutes and thirty two seconds and didn't do all that much once he was in it. <laughs> uh, and the second best performer on the show was a retired wrestler who had never even worked for the promotion, Bruce Hart. So, because Bruce yeah. really, yeah, Bruce really sells his uh, his hatred of <laughs> of Jerry Lawler here because Bruce thought that he was going to get the Owen Hart spot in the brother versus brother uh, storyline. 
Oh yeah, I remember the whole thing when uh, when we always when when we did. I can't remember which one it was where you were talking about how Bruce really wanted to be one of the guys, like one of the hard guys, like the big hard yeah. dudes. Well, he wanted the uh, Vince was like, "What about Bruce? If you're doing brother versus brother?" And Brett's like, "It's it has to be Owen. Like, <laughs> it doesn't work if it's not Owen." And so they finally gave it to Owen, and of course, it worked perfect. How uh, much did Bruce do in the WWE? He didn't really do anything. He wrestles one match. Uh, that I'm aware of um, at Survivor Series 93, which we have a little bit of uh, something to talk about there. Poor but Bruce. Uh, Jerry Lawler versus Bret Hart, six minutes, 32 seconds. This got four stars from Meltzer for sort of the overall and en- like encompassing story. Yeah, the whole yeah. thing was sick. Like the wrestling itself, who cares? Honestly, right. like the whole well, thing it's is like so a good. 30, it's like a 30 to 35 minute segment yeah. like, from start to finish with Doink and all of the other stuff. Like it is perfect. It's Southern. It's straight up Southern heel wrestling, uh, <laughs> you know, and I think that's a lot of Jerry Jarrett's influence and a lot of Jerry Lawler. So um, the Survivor Series is the Survivor Series match that did not happen. So originally they had uh, promoted Jerry Lawler and three masked knights uh k-n-i-g-h-t uh versus the hart family of bruce keith owen brett mm-hmm. and yeah so uh they switch it with Shawn michaels so now Shawn michaels and three masked knights so it really doesn't make any sense versus the hart family who are these knights uh one of them was the knights of uh, columbus J- well there was like a there was a, a jobber guy named Barry Horowitz who was under the, one of the masks. Uh, then I believe Greg the Hammer Valentine was under one of the masks. And then a guy named Jeff Gator, I were, think. Were they gonna, uh, like, were they trying to make the Knights a thing or was it? No, it was just like Jerry Lawler needs three partners. Oh, okay. So but they, like, they fitted they're into the, the Shawn Michaels thing. Yeah, they are secondary. Like, the hearts were always going to get the shit out of them. Because yeah. this that match was the background of Brett and Owen starting their feud. Because Owen is the only heart that gets eliminated in that match. Uh, he gets eliminated because he runs into Brett on accident, and Shawn Michaels rolls him up. Oh, uh, okay. And then, so that probably the same. Uh, no matter what, you know, the like that's the same outcome whether it's Jerry Lawler. Or, or they just needed Lawler. bodies. Right. Um, Sorry, guys. I had to take a little uh, break. <laughs> yeah. So uh, all of that stuff is in the 1993 Wrestling Observer uh, yearbook, which is available on Kindle if you want to read more about it. Um, but in any case, Lawler comes back to WWF TV in December 1993. But Brett wins the world title at WrestleMania 10 from Yokozuna. And during the Brett is champion, he does not feud with Jerry Lawler because it's it stretches the credit a bit. Like nobody thinks Brett Hart's going to lose the world title to Jerry Lawler, right? Yeah. So uh, Lawler feuds with Rowdy Rowdy Piper, which unfortunately is not as good as you would think that it might. Uh, is Piper the baby face? Piper is the baby face. Yes. Yeah, you know. I'd, yeah. I'd like to I'd like to see what that looks like, but uh, at Survivor Series of 1994, Bret Hart loses the title back. Well, not back, but he loses the title to Bob Backlund, 
And then Bob Backlund loses the title to Diesel. So Brett's out of the title picture. And so, of course, his old standby feud is Jerry the King Lawler. Bob Backlund was a WWE champion in 1994. Yeah, for two days, I think. He wins a submission. I guess he was only 45. Yeah, which at that time. Older than that. At that time was really old, but now, like, a lot of the guys are in their 40s. Tricky, uh, sneaky old. You know. Yeah, I just thought Bob Backlund was 117 years old. He's he's, I mean, I forget, you forget this is 30 years ago because like Bob Backlund's 73 now. So Backlund had beat Bret Hart in a submission match because Owen Hart convinced his family to throw in the towel in one of the great performances of all time. Owen's crying because he's fake concerned about his brother. He's like, you have to help him because Bret's in a submission hold for like 10 minutes. <laughs> it's great. The great sleazeball Owen Hart performance. So, now that Brett's back out of the title picture, you go to your own old standby, you got Jerry Lawler waiting there for you. And the whole time that Brett's champion, Lawler's on commentary still, just talking trash about him, talking trash about his parents, how old they are, how much they stink. Like, <laughs> the feud, feud never really goes away. It's just not active. You know, we never, never stop beefing. Yeah, so, I mean, what, what are they going to do, squash the beef? Yeah, they tell he tells uh, every time that he talks about Stu Hardy, asks if Stu's in his orthopedic tuxedo. It's like a whole <laughs> thing. Uh, we have a random Monday Night Raw match between Lawler and Brett from March thirteenth, nineteen ninety five, where Lawler had started a rumor that Bret Hart hated Japanese people <laughs> uh, <laughs> for some reason. Uh, <laughs> so. For this match, he has Bull Nakano, who's a Japanese female wrestler, come out as his second or manager for this one match. And it's Vince McMahon and Jim Cornette on commentary. And Cornette keeps saying that because Bull Nakano is in Brett's or in Jerry Lawler's corner, that means the Japanese people are with Jerry Lawler. Like it's a ringing endorsement that all Japanese people love Lawler. Yeah, and and he keeps saying it. Is it Jr. is the other guy? No, or is it uh, or is it McMahon? Uh, Vince. It? Vince. Vince is like you keep saying that. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, well, you're not listening yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, of course, Brett is beating the dog crap out of Lawler here. Uh, it just takes over on him, and. <clears throat> Uh, during that match, uh, of course, Cornette mentions that he thinks that Brett's a racist and, uh, Vince goes, have you ever heard him Brett say anything like that? And he goes, well, Lawler told me that he said it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I believe, like, I believe him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, eventually Brett's on the floor and he tries to get back in the ring and Bull Nakano grabs Brett's leg. And that leads to a count out victory for Jerry, the King Lawler. And afterwards, of course, Brett beats up Lawler. Uh, through heel miscommunication, because Hakushi, who is Bret Hart's main rival at this time, also comes to the ring. Hakushi, also Japanese. So, you know, that's that's sort of how they're building it. Two feuds at once. Yeah. Know? And uh, uh, did, did, did Bret beat up the woman? No, he chased her. He chased her. Uh, uh, but she got away. Because Hakushi uh, like stood between him and Bull Nakano, which I suppose would not be a great look for Bret Hart. Yeah, they, well, uh, Cornette said, said something about like, you know, Bret Hart's tough because he chased down a 250 pound woman or something like that. Yeah, and she's not that big. She's like a big uh, like she's an athletic girl, but she's not. Uh, yeah, uh, 
and she was awesome. Bulnakan is a great uh, wrestler. Has oh, really? Like, a really cool look. Yeah. Um, that match doesn't really have a rating. It's just uh, like a bridge to sort of introduce all the new uh, elements to this feud. So at the very first In Your House, which is on Mother's Day, Bret Hart uh, had challenged Jerry Lawler and was like, I'll wrestle twice. I don't care. So to open the show, he wrestled Hakushi in a pretty good match that uh, I didn't have us watch because it doesn't have any direct <laughs> correlation to this. Uh, and it's like 15 minutes long. So cut that out. But it's three and three quarter stars. It's a pretty good match if you have a chance to go look at it, especially for 1995. Who won it? Uh, Bret Hart. Yeah, Bret's Yeah. So... Uh, then after the match, Brett's knee is injured. And so Lawler spends the duration of the pay-per-view trying to get his match with Brett moved up. <laughs> uh, like he keeps uh, campaigning. Like, can I go on next? We got to go on next. Cause he thinks Brett's hurt. And the more time Brett has to recover, the less chance the King has. Uh, okay. You know? So that makes sense. So when, cause Brett comes out like, uh, like showing that he was fake limping, like he was fake. Yeah. hurt. So, uh, Jerry Lawler's in the ring, and he says that since Brett dedicated this match to his mother, Jerry's going to dedicate it to his mom. And of course, like a very young, attractive woman comes out who couldn't be Jerry Lawler's he mom. He brings out like a like a hot twenty five year old girl. Yeah. And uh, then Jerry Lawler's quote unquote mom says that she is going to challenge uh, Helen Hart for a match. It's a do you think Helen's here tonight? And he goes, uh, just look for a wrinkled pile of flesh in the crowd. Uh, and then he has his mother give him a kiss for luck. So Jerry Lawler bringing out a hot twenty-five-year-old as his mom <laughs> while while talking trash about Helen Hart for being old is one of my favorite heel gimmicks ever. <laughs> it's good. I mean, that's it's, a great it's really joke. Funny. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, and it doesn't get creepy, which you would uh, to their credit. You know? Yeah, he didn't get. Yeah, they yeah. didn't. You know. Um. So Doc Hendricks, Michael Hayes is on commentary with Vince for this match. And Hayes keeps talking about how great Jerry's mom looks for her age, uh, which also like buys into it. You know, she did look great. Well, yeah. She's doing great. Uh, so <laughs> Brett, uh, like Andrew said, comes out, he's fake limping. And then of course reveals that he's not hurt at all. So now Lawler knows he's in for it. So, uh, wait, that Lawler was Michael Hayes. Yeah. Just, As so d- quote unquote, doc Hendricks. Oh shit! I didn't know that. A, I was wondering assumed, who that was. That's his assumed name. Hell yeah, dude! Uh, so Brett, much uh, in the form of all these matches, is kicking the shit out of Lawler. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Yeah. that's a, that's the best part. Of, like, that's you have to do it that way. Anytime it's one v one, both guys are fresh. Brett is beating the dog shit out of Jerry Lawler. <laughs> yeah, Lawler can't really get anything. He cheats a little bit and will get an advantage, but it's an, an almost never like. He hits a pallor driver and then his mom celebrates outside of the ring. But then Brett's back up like the pallor driver's death in Memphis. Yeah. Like it's a, it's actually against the rules. You can't do a pallor driver in Memphis. Uh but here, Brett just gets back up and then he hits a pallor driver of his own onto Lawler. Uh and this is where uh things start to get a little finicky. So Shinja and Hakushi come out to the ring and the referee gets his foot caught in the ropes upside down uh benny hill style uh for a it, long time they should have been so. playing the doink the clown music when that happened freaking yeah. earl hebner bro like <laughs> he has to know that something's afoot well his foot and not just between the ropes 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I don't know why there's not a ref bump. Ref bump would have been much easier. <laughs> I don't know. I thought uh, it, I thought it looked pretty sick, but I was pissed yeah. because so he's in the he's in the uh, he's he's fucking he's he's stuck. He pulled a whoopsie and he's stuck in the in the ropes, hanging off the apron, like hanging over the side of the rope uh, of the ring, yeah. and uh, Jerry sets up Brett. Uh, one of them flies off the corner and, and lands on Brett. They did it twice, right? He came off the corner on Brett uh, twice. Uh, Hakushi hits two flying headbutts off the top. Of That's it. what it was. It was flying headbutts. Yeah. And then uh, Hebner gets up, and Hebner is out of the shit. Like, he is in the ring yeah. now and just refuses to look in the direction of the match. <laughs> yeah. He's he's uh he's flummoxed, dude. I don't understand why. I don't understand why Brett went to his head. I don't understand why Brett trusted Hemner during the screw job. Right, there's a history of doing this stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, so yeah, Hebner of course has his back turned, and Brett gets wiped out, and then Lawler uses the like least uh like punishing uh roll up that you could do. He just picks Brett's legs up and then just rolls over him. Yeah. And, Gets the pin. So Lawler pins Bret Hart uh, in five minutes and four and nine seconds. This got one and a half stars. And of course, and now he's like celebrating with his mother and uh, with Hakushi. But Bret gets his revenge because Bret can't be left in the doo-doo. No. So uh, he beats up the heels after there's another heel miscommunication. But Lawler gets that W. And this time it's the pin. Like he pinned Bret Hart's shoulders to the mat. This so, is the second time he's beat him. Yeah, and uh, that of course leads to our next YouTube clip, which is Bret coming out, jorts, no shirt, hitman jacket on. Yeah, he's pissed. Uh, yeah, and he, he's in he, his he's in his I'm pissed outfit. Yeah, he can't be he can't bother with a shirt at this point. No, and he's on the mic. And he's like, I'm having a real tough time. He's like. <laughs> You know, because if in the SummerSlam match he lost by DQ because he kicked his ass too much. In this one, he got pinned. Lawler <laughs> pinned him to the mat, yeah. and he's like, "I don't know, like I'm a, I don't know what to do because I told my mom and I told my family to watch me get revenge on you, and you pinned me." And then they keep cutting to Lawler on commentary, and he's just smiling just a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, like each and, time and, and while and, he's while he's still afraid of Brett because he keeps telling me, man, get him away from him. Yeah. And, and he's like, he's uh, like uneasy. Yeah. He's he's kind of half smiling. Sometimes he's like looking around. You could tell that he's a little bit afraid of Brett. And uh, Brett's like complaining. And, and Lawler goes, you got beat. Big deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, happens to me all the time. Literally yeah. all the time. Yeah. Uh, and so Brett's like, I'll give you any match you want. Any match you could think of, you name it, and we could do it. And and Vince is like, what about it? Lawler and Lawler like, leave me alone. I don't <laughs> uh, get him away from me. And then of course, like Brett snaps and he's grabbing Lawler by the uh by his shirt or by his jacket. He calls him lower him he calls he him lower than shit. Yeah, he called him scum <laughs> earlier, and the crowd is still eating it up. They cheer every time Brett is insulting uh, Lawler, so the feud still has legs. So Lawler's next promo is uh, he announces that he wants a kiss-my-foot match. That's his uh, stipulation. Loser has to kiss the winner's foot. And he's got this promo where he's, he's in this room with all these various torture devices, 
and he's got like the, the spiked chair and there's a mini guillotine and he's like all of this is nothing compared to the torture that's going to happen when you have to kiss my foot at King of the Ring. And he's like, I have my boot on right now, but I'm letting my corns and my bunions and blah, 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 like grow so that it's the grossest thing. And I wish I could have found it, but there was like promos of Lawler, like putting his feet in manure and all this different stuff, like (laughs) preparing to have just the grossest foot ever for Bret Hart to have to uh, kiss. So our final match is the King of the Ring 95 Kiss My Foot match, King of the Ring 95, a notoriously terrible pay-per-view. One of the worst of all time. And it was in Philadelphia. There were chants for ECW during the show because it was so terrible. Oh, man. And Philly hates everything. So, um, but it was was a bad show. Shawn Michaels wrestles to a time limit draw in the first round, and he's like the one really good wrestler (laughs) in the the tournament. So then you don't get to see him the rest of the time. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And we have Vince and Doc Hendricks on commentary again. And then Lawler comes to the ring with the microphone. And he's like, after I beat Brett, I'm going to go in the crowd. I'm going to make all of you kiss my feet. <laughs> and like the crowd's like, no, not that anything, but that yeah. and, uh, and he, he points the guy in the front row and he goes, and you're first. <laughs> yeah. Um, of course, Brett dominates this match. Yeah. So fucking him up. Uh, uh, but Lawler hits like three power drivers. If I were Lawler, I'd be like, let's not do three. Let's not ruin my finisher. <laughs> yeah, uh, just absolutely burying my finisher. Yeah. Uh, Lawler takes his boot off and he's got this nasty sock on. <laughs> and he's try- and he hits Bret Hart with his boot. And Hendrix is selling how gross and stinky uh, Jerry Lawler's feet are. Uh, at this point it's like the sock has like holes in it and has like (laughs) mold growing on it or whatever yeah yeah he pulls his foot off he pulls his boot off and it's gross there's big holes in it there's like blood and dirt and like (laughs) it's a disgusting foot yeah um hakushi comes out of course but he accidentally hits lawler and i would propose that vince is actually the one who's racist to japanese people because he can't tell the difference between hakushi and shinja because he keeps calling Hakushi Shinja. Uh, and he pays him. <laughs> right, and one of the dudes is full of tattoos, and the other guy is wearing white face. So it seems like they'd be easy to keep track of. Are those really tattoos? No, he has a... They're like... Um, he has them written on all the time. Every time. Yeah, they're not fake, but it's like he has them drawn on all. Yeah, yeah. So, um, after the miscommunication, Brett puts the sharpshooter on, and Lawler submits, and then after some teasing of like, is Brett going to hold the 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 sharpshooter too long? He let go, and Lawler tries to escape the having to kiss someone's foot because of course she would. Uh, but then more heel miscommunication. Hakushi and Lawler just cannot get on the same page. <laughs> Hakushi really had a rough uh, had a really had a rough day at the office. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so Brett sticks his feet in Jerry Lawler's face and mouth uh, at the end, which is pretty gross. Uh, yeah, like literally toe into mouth. I, th- I think I think he kicked his uvula. Yeah, Lawler, I mean, I don't know if Lawler <laughs> knew that that was going to happen or if this is another shoot from Brett. Uh, but you know there were some fetishists at home had a real good time with that, by the way. I think Lawler's a feet guy. So I think this is kind of a rib oh, on him oh, or like a man. joke on him. Um, so then, of course, as the ultimate comeuppance, Law, uh, Brett grabs Lawler, makes him kiss his own foot. 
his own gross foot. So surprising flexibility from Lawler there. <laughs> yeah, I I wonder if it was just like, look, man, your foot's going to your mouth. I don't. We're gonna make it happen. Yeah. Regardless of what of how your hamstring feel afterwards. So, uh, of course, Lawler sells all of that expertly. Like he's completely grossed out. He looks terrible. Uh, and that match uh, only gets two and three quarter stars. It lasted nine minutes, 20 seconds. Seems like uh, Meltzer's less forgiving of all of the uh, like the shenanigans around these matches the more the, the further they go. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you see right after Jerry Lawler has his foot uh, smashed to his own face, there's a commercial for the Special Olympics? Yeah, uh, that was right when, I, right when I turned it. Right when I turned it away, and I almost—if I, I was in a hurry, or I would have went back and watched that just to see, just to see what it looked like. Yeah, it's like WWF has been partners with the Special Olympics for ten years. Look at all the great stuff we do. Uh, you watched the whole nice. thing. Yeah, I'd be surprised if they didn't like have the the bushwhackers running the hundred meter runs. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like. You know, Diesel poses with a kid, Bret Hart's hugging like a little kid, you know. It's a pure PR fluff, but it seems weird to put it after you have Bret Hart essentially bully Jerry the King Lawler. Jim Duggan talking about how that's where he got his start. <laughs> yeah, he's, a, he's been the king for all this time. Uh, and on our last little vignette, Jerry Lawler has to visit the dentist because... He, is, he has permanent halitosis, he fears, from the Kiss My Foot match. Yeah, they found plaque. They found tar- tartar. They found gingivitis. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's he went, chewing like a thousand pieces of gum. Yeah, during this and when, when he puts the first one in, I was like, man, I hope he just keeps shoving gum into his mouth this whole promo. And he did. Yeah. He knows, yeah. The man knows comedy. Uh, and this would be the introduction of Dr. Isaac Yankum. DDS. Oh, the, this is the introduction. Yes. I put uh, a weird inflection on that word. This is the introduction. Yes, of Dr. Isaac Hankum, who then feuds with Bret Hart at SummerSlam 95, and then a little bit after. So they also sort of do the Memphis thing of, like, Lawler's bringing in guys to beat up Bret Hart on his behalf, because Bret Hart, like, because Lawler can't do it himself. So, like, Doink gets the rub, Hakushi gets the rub, in theory, Dr. Isaac Yankum gets the rub, but not really. Uh, was this the intro to Doink? No, just like he oh, was. Okay. Uh, and Dr. Isaac Yankum would go on to become Mayor Glenn Jacobs. Uh, Libertarian. Yes. Uh, also known as, and remembered fondly by me as Fake Diesel. So, he's uh, Fake Diesel. He's, he's Lauren Boebert's friend. Uh, yeah. He's a lot of things, you know? Yeah. He used to be Unabom. <laughs> he, he is the son of Paul Bearer. He's the Rotund Demon himself. The Rotund Demon himself. <laughs> uh, so that's it. That's the Bret Hart versus Jerry Lawler feud. Like I said, they have uh, a, a couple of more small interactions and battle royals and so on. But like that's the crux of the feud. And this is one of Bret Hart's main feuds from 1993 to through 1995. And it's like anytime that he's not feuding in the main event for the belt, he's got to be dealing with Lawler uh, and Lawler's nonsense. Well, it's the perfect feud for him. He doesn't, he doesn't have to carry it. Like charisma, charisma entertainment wise. He just has to be Bret Hart and 
react the way Bret Hart would react to these things, and it's perfect. Yeah. And that's not really a knock on Bret Hart. He's just not Jerry Lawler in that sense. So at, putting Jer- Jerry Lawler in this situation to uh, be the face in the doo-doo and to be the instigator and the antagonizer and to uh, just rile everybody up so much was so perfect. And Bret was the perfect uh, protagonist, the perfect hero in all of this. Um, one thing I did notice, and I noticed this a lot with, um, I, you know, I'm always talking about why does old wrestling, older wrestling feel different, right? Yeah. I feel like there's more ambient noise on these where you can hear individual people yelling. Um, oh, interesting. If you listen to, if you listen to this and like this era of wrestling and, and, uh, earlier and even into the attitude area era and earlier, you could hear individual people. You don't ha- you don't necessarily hear what they're saying, but you hear them yelling. Like you can pick out individual voices. But now it's not that anymore. And I yeah. think it's be- I I think maybe a different type of sound processing on the um on the telecasts or you know more there's there's a lot more. I mean, it's probably mostly just the sound processing because it's not like they're playing freaking sound effects during the matches. So I think they just have the they have the area mic'd up differently now. And I think yeah. I, I just I feel like they're more in a like a chaotic um, scene that matters when you can hear the people yelling at because you'll you'll hear now you'll hear, you know, when the crowd chants, this is awesome and all that stuff. But like you really don't hear individual people anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I never thought about that. It's also like there's no more studio wrestling this was also during a time when like there were marathon um, taping sessions. So like all of those wrestling challenges and superstars, there's like four or five hours of tapings. And so I think you get a lot more people involved and the wrestlers were more likely like they want that crowd reaction, especially Lawler from Memphis. Like he's, he's antagonizing the crowd, but he knows if I call that guy an idiot, then everybody's going to jump on, you know, and boo me. But like, I'll single this guy out. I'll single that guy out. I'll talk to this guy, you know, and well, I think it's a lost art of being a heel. Well, and the the problem is a lot of the times it's like now everybody knows what they're doing. Like the, the everybody knows the trick. So everybody right. loves MJF right now, even though MJF is a phenomenal heel jerk off. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but yeah, I feel like there's a, there's a difference in the sound and how the sound is presented on the telecast that makes it feel different. And some people might prefer the the newer stuff. I'm not like, you know, in the good old days and people, but I prefer. I want it to sound like it's in an a, a, in a, 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 a auditorium, like in a in a basketball gym or something with people screaming yeah. at the like angry people in the crowd rather than one mass of like all that stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up the fact that during Bret Hart and uh, Jerry Lawler's initial feud in the WWF in 1993, they also feuded in the USWA where their roles were reversed. And Bret Hart was the heel and Jerry Lawler was the babyface. And the USWA was Lawler's promotion and they had like a quote unquote WWE or WWF invasion where Lawler and, Jer- and uh, Jeff Jarrett and the Memphis guys were fighting the big, nasty WWF heels. So, like, Brett and Owen and The Undertaker were all 
involved in that. And you wouldn't see that because it was in only local Memphis uh, wrestling, but like Brett's cutting heel promos and Lawler's firing up on Bret Hart and the, and the people are going crazy for it. Like it's weird, but it's kind of cool. Like, Does the footage world. exist? Uh, yeah, there's a few things. Um, That's very interesting. And there's like a couple of promos where Lawler is like uh, the like the greatest baby face in history, you know. And Vince sort of cut his teeth as a heel uh, promoter in the USWA. That was kind of the storyline. Oh, and I so bet some. Of, I bet was, there's at least some really fun stuff in that. Yeah, there's a couple of promos. I think I might have sent them to you, but they weren't part of the official thing because I didn't want it to go too long. But like where Brad and Owen are cutting a promo on how stupid the Memphis wrestling fans are. <laughs> and like, it's great. And so it's just interesting at the same time, there's a brief history where Bret Hart is the heel and Jerry Lawler's the baby face. Do uh, these guys, do, I, I, I do these guys have a mutual respect for each other? Are they friends? Like, do they uh, like Brett each other? said that aside from, you know, whenever Lawler, uh, stiffed him yeah. that time, that like, it was an easy night at the office if you're working with Jerry Lawler because he can he can generate such crowd heat, like the matches are going to be good and Lawler's not going to hurt you. Yeah, you know? and the matches aren't physically taxing necessarily because it's not that's not what it's supposed to be. That's not what you know, it was like, about at all. Yeah, like him and Lawler, Brett and Lawler aren't going out to have a five star Matt classic. You know, it's about heat and it's about the the good over tri triumphing over the evil, like that sort of thing. And Lawler yeah. just really knows all the tricks in the book because he's been a pro at this point for like twenty some odd years. Yeah, you it's know? like I, I've I've he's Jerry Lawler is up there with you know Flair, Bret Hart, Spike Dudley, all <laughs> all the goats. Yeah, for me the uh, the the true kings of your. <laughs> I uh, just on your, yeah, on your Mount Rushmore. I love Jerry Lawler. Like he's he's funny. He understand. He gets it. You know, like uh, he he his timing, his ability to smile and be a jerk and not just be like a brooding heel. Like I don't know, man. Big fan. Big fan. Yeah. Um. And like that's what worked best for him. Like you're seeing a wrestling style in these matches that isn't like because he's limited now. Like that's pretty much what Lawler's been the entire time. Uh it's just he had such charisma as a heel and as a babyface that like it worked in Memphis. He you know, he was truly like one of the biggest drawing guys in history. The he broke his leg one one year and business tanked because he couldn't wrestle. You know, then on, yeah, on his comeback everybody Man, I wonder how Came freaking. Back, but... I wonder how uh, Jerry Jarrett felt about that. Um... <laughs> uh, I just sent you. It's the. It's only like a minute and a half long. The a Bret Hart promo from the USWA, where it says he shoots on Memphis wrestling. Oh, okay, for sure. I'll definitely yeah. watch that. Um, the so Lawler had a really bad stroke earlier in the year, and I'm looking it up. And uh, he's back in Memphis now. He recovered. In, he had been recovering in the hospital since February sixth. Apparently, he's a really bad stroke. Um, I wonder what kind of shape he's in. Uh, there's a picture of him. He was recovering, but 
There's a picture of him looking fine. He's giving a thumbs up. I'm sure he's not fine, but you know what I mean. Like he looks okay. I hope. I hope. Yeah. I hope he's able. To, I mean, 73 is tough. Uh, <laughs> it's a fucking old. He's as old as Bob Backlund. So, uh, man, I, I hope. I hope we haven't seen the last of him. Um, but... And he's one. Of, I believe he's wrestled in five decades from the 70s to now. He's had at least one match every, like every decade. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, because um, he still occasionally wrestles now. Because like his style, he can do that. It's not a ton of bumps and <laughs> all of that, you know. Did they ever have and a? Still I'm the sure they driver. did. I'm sure they did Lawler versus Flair, right? In the '80s, yeah, they did Lawler versus Flair. Um, he was like the guy that would that would wrestle the NWA champion. He wrestled yeah. Harley Race. Uh, he wrestled uh, Kerry Von Erich. He wrestled Nick Bockwinkel, like. Pretty much all the big names, Andre the Giant, he's wrestled everybody. Yeah. And drew money with pretty much everybody. He's well, he's a, a man, man. He's like a an king. actual, he's a legit legend. He's so, the goddamn king. Uh, yeah. So enjoyable, uh, I'm guessing. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Uh, it was one yeah. of one of one of one of uh, one of my favorite feuds so far. I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. August thirtieth, nineteen ninety three is SummerSlam 93's uh, date. Okay. So I looked up pop culture from that week. Our number one movie, I'm going to say you've seen it, because it's been on TNT, even if you didn't see it, it's been on TNT uh, since probably 1995. The Fugitive with Harrison Ford. Oh, yeah, I've seen p- pieces of it, but I haven't seen much of it. I know I know the, uh, the, the scene with the waterfall because of uh, Millhouse. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I didn't kill my wife. And Tommy Lee Jones just goes, I don't care. <laughs> uh, so, there's also the Tommy Lee Jones, uh, the famous scene where he's like, our uh, our assailant's name is Richard Kimball. He's got a 20-hour head start on us or whatever. I need you to, to go through every outhouse, hen house, uh, whatever, blah, like all of these things looking oh, for yeah. him. It's like a really famous speech from that movie. And, and uh, is Tommy, Tommy Lee Jones dead, right? No, Tommy Lee Jones is alive. I thought he just recently died. <laughs> yeah, he's I alive. He he's alive. 76. Yeah, okay. 76 and killing yeah. it. Um, Yeah, this movie rules. Fugitive is a dope movie. So right. uh, it was number one for six weeks in 1993. Uh, it tells the story of Dr. Richard Kimball, who returns home to find his wife, Helen, mortally wounded by a one-armed assailant. And despite his best efforts, they don't think that... Right, he's the the, the one-armed man. The mask. Is, right. It wasn't me. It was the one-armed man. <laughs> right. So, uh, because of no forced entry and a life insurance policy and a misinterpreted 911 call, they don't think that... Uh, Dr. Richard Kimball is innocent, so he has to go on the run. Therefore, he is a fugitive. Uh, it is based on a 60s TV show, which they say is not based on the real-life story of Dr. Sam Shepard. But you tell me if you see any uh, coincidences. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do- Dr. Sam Shepard's wife, Marilyn Shepard, was bludgeoned to death in her bed by an unknown instrument while Dr. Sam Shepard slept on a daybed in the other room. Uh, a neighbor received an urgent call from Shepard who pleaded for her, for him to come home. Uh, and when the neighbor arrived, Shepard was found shirtless with his pants wet and a blood stain on his knees. The, uh, 
and he was convicted of murder. And then later was found innocent of that murder because it wasn't him. But the fugitive, not based on Dr. Shame Shepard's life. Wait, so he called a neighbor and not the cops? Uh, it says at 540, a neighbor received an urgent phone call from Shepard who pleaded for him to come to his house. Listen. When the neighbor and the wife arrived, <laughs> they found him that way, and then authorities arrived shortly after. I feel like Sam Shepard deserved that. Hey, call the cops. Yeah. Call the they cops. said the family dog did not hear a intruder, and their son was sleeping in the adjacent room throughout the incident. The dog's like, look, I didn't hear shit, bro. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could help you out, man. <laughs> He's smoking um, a cigarette. He's like, I'm yeah. under a lot of pressure here. <laughs> so uh, it actually ties to pro wrestling. After, after Dr. Sam Shepard was uh, exonerated for the death of his wife, he became a pro wrestler. Was uh, he Paul Bearer? No, he was... Uh, they they called him Killer Sam Shepard, which I feel like hell yeah, trying to move away from that. Uh, he invented the mandible claw oh, as a as a pro wrestling move, which then became mankind's, of course, famous wrestling move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, the film series The Fugitive had has been cited as being loosely based on Shepard's story. This claim has always been denied by the creators. But come on, man. <laughs> I wonder why they deny it. Yeah, I don't know. I I guess because they have reasonable uh, deniability. I yeah, guess. I just don't know. Well, like, why don't you just tell them? Hey, yeah. Because <laughs> maybe they want to seem like geniuses. Like yeah, maybe they read they, they read the story and later they were like, you know, we'll make a good TV show. And they're not quite sure how royalties work. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. All right. Nineteen ninety three is a banner year for movies, Andrew. Uh, in the year, I'm gonna say you have seen. Four of these movies. Okay. Ooh, maybe five. All right. I'm counting Jurassic Park. I have seen that one. I went to a Jurassic Park theme wedding last year. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Firm, not seen, I'm going to say. Uh, is that the Dr. Dre vehicle? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, that's, but, not the, that's not the Firm that flopped? <laughs> no. No, I haven't seen the Firm. The, uh, the, his last album was The Chronic. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, Sleepless in Seattle. Oh, yeah. That's a killer. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. Come on. Hello! <laughs> <laughs> My mom thought that whenever uh, Robin Williams as Mrs. Doubtfire said, I have to piss like a racehorse, she thought that was the funniest thing <laughs> that anybody had ever said. Um, it's, been, it's been 20 years since I've seen Mr., Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, I don't know if it's still good. I remember thinking it was good when I was a kid. I'd love to give it a shot. Yeah. Um... I'm going to disqualify Indecent Proposal and In the Line of Fire. So you haven't seen either of those. Uh, you have seen Aladdin, Prince Ali, etc. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you haven't seen Cliffhanger, I don't imagine. Uh, is, is, that the, like, is that the one that ends with a cliffhanger? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, that is the Sylvester Stallone movie that they parody at the beginning of Ace Ventura 2. Yeah, and then, like hanging off the cliff? <laughs> yeah. He's a cliffhanger. Uh, but in Ace Ventura 2, remember whenever he loses the raccoon at the beginning? Uh, he's like cliffhanging, and then he's trying to save this raccoon, and it falls. I don't remember Ace Ventura 2. I've seen it, but I don't remember it. Oh, I remember he, he, that was... he, he crawls out of a butt. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the very well-known scene, crawls yeah. out of a butt. Uh, a Few Good Men. I'm going to say you've seen it. Uh, no. Is that is that uh, you can't handle the truth? That you can't handle the truth. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen that one. 
All right, so I missed it by one, but big year for the uh, for the movies. Was like, Dumb and Dumber ninety five? I think Dumb and Dumber is ninety four. Oh, okay, I think I Ace Ventura is ninety three, maybe. Hell yeah, dude. Um, the if you wanted to watch SummerSlam and then watch Groundhog Day, you're in luck because Groundhog Day had just come out on VHS. So nice. Yeah, uh, I got you, babe. Apparently, I saw somebody. You know that what was the guy's name that he, uh, when he when he step when he steps on the the puddle? Oh, in the pothole. I can't remember that guy's name. Apparently, I saw somebody on Twitter who swore up and down that they stepped in a puddle and looked up, and that fucking guy was standing there. <laughs> I, you know, Ned Ryerson or something. Isn't that oh his name? yeah, yeah, something like Nate that. Ryerson. Yeah. yeah Best part is whenever he punches him in the face when he's like he, <laughs> the. Whatever he's trying to figure out what'll unlock the the groundhog day. I like when he catches the kid and he's like, "What do you say? What do you say? What do you say?" Because the kid never <laughs> says thank you. Yeah. Uh, and our number one song of the week is called "Can't Help Falling in Love" by UB40. I got nothing for you. Yeah. Who cares? You know. Yeah. Uh, but that's it. Jerry Lawler versus Bret Hart. Uh, feud of the '90s, possibly. Uh, ended more satisfyingly than Sting versus Hulk Hogan. They got that going for him. Oh, so. 100%. It was always yeah. going to be better than that. Yeah. It didn't involve uh, Mongo McMichael. <laughs> I guess that so, didn't really either, right? Yeah, well, I mean, he was tangentially involved in that he was in WCW. He was around, <laughs> you know? Yeah, he was hanging out in 97. So uh, getting paid to have negative one-star matches. <laughs> with scott norton hell yeah love you mongo yeah uh so that's it for this week that's all i got uh there's a good one uh, yeah i thought so i uh (laughs) i enjoyed it now i just have one other wrestling centric bit that i need to show you i'm not sure that the whole show is worth i mean it, it probably is there's there's a thing that is i think you will find so funny that we have to do a show on it. And the rest of the show is sort of not important to it. So, what promotion is it? WCW. Okay. Of course it's WCW. Um, and I don't have a plan for next week, so let me see if we're, if I remember what, when this was. No, we're, so. we're not, we're not going to do two wrestling shows in a row. We're not going to go back to being a wrestling podcast. You know what I mean? Right. As much as you want us to, Dusty. Okay. No, it's fine. No, I don't know what we're doing next week though. I'm planning them. So I'm we'll talk about them. that, but uh, we will be back next week. Certainly, we've done 95. If we don't make it to 100, like, what are we even do it for, you know? Yeah. Like, I, 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 I'm, I am, I'm, 100's my finish line. I haven't told you that. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> shutting the studio down. You're, you're, you're done after 100? I'm completely done. I'm sick of your voice. Yeah. Um, um, dude, I did, I did all the radio last week, and then I did, I recorded the first episode of my my work podcast thing, and then I like I was I'm sick of hearing my voice, bro, and I like my voice. Yeah, I listened to uh, two episodes of our podcast earlier today, and I was like, all right, well that's now I'm caught up. I'll let it go. So, the last two or what? Yeah. Uh, okay. So I, I did. I, I listened to the beginning of the Dom, of the uh, of the Predator one. I did a really good Dahmer for like two seconds. <laughs> Yeah, you had it for a second. Yeah, and I just stopped. I just uh, nailed it. <laughs> retired. Never need, never need to go back to it. Yeah, the world so, heard it. You know. Yeah, so uh, we'll be back next week because the Snark Mark, the Snark Marks podcast does not give up 
so close to 100 episodes. No, we're going to make it. We're going to make it yeah. to 3,000 episodes, though. <laughs> I believe in us. By then, we'll have covered Battle Bowl 1991. Maybe, uh, maybe by is, then we'll be any, we'll be good. You know? Yeah. Who knows? At least mediocre. Anyway, thank you to everyone who listened. Uh, we appreciate you. Thanks to the new Spotify listeners, whether you're just coming over from Anchor or however that works. Uh, we appreciate you, uh, and we see you. So we'll be back next week because Kayfabe is dead, but we're alive. The Snart Marks podcast. Bye, everybody. Lost again. <laughs>